Hey there, I'm Matthew Foley and this is ISO Insights, where God's truth grows in the midst of current culture, renewing the mind and spirit. Welcome back to ISO Insights, and today I have as my guests Pastors Eddie and Marcia Castillo, and uh, they are in Miami, Florida, am I correct? Based out of Miami. Uh, did you grow up there as well? Uh, grew up and, well, yes. you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's like I could see it. He's like, she did and I didn't. Yeah, complicated, okay. complicated yeah. answer. So uh, we have here at ISO, International School of the Word, a branch that's developing that they're heading actually called ISO Espanol. And they've done an incredible job. They've already been uh, filming multiple different courses. So that's an exciting thing that will be released. So how are you doing this morning? I'll doing start well. That. Excited. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I love the weather, especially yeah. compared to Miami. Really? Where we live, it's nice and hot nice all and the time. How, what's, the, what's the height of the summer? The height of the summer could be 95, 97. Oh, humidity? With humidity just as high. Humidity oh about 150. <laughs> Do people go outside? People go no, outside. I try not to. I go from an air-conditioned room to another air-conditioned room all the time. Oh, my goodness. The cars, the middle ground. Like uh, I come from Alabama, so not as bad as Miami, but it's right. yeah. at the height of the season, it's it's pretty yeah. tough. Yeah. I could, whenever I'm having to buckle the seat of the car, I can brand myself. Ah, if the metal right. touches me, yes. I'm like, oh. I'm, so I'm always conscious when I get in. I watch yeah. it as it goes across my body. Yeah. I'm like, it's all right, it's clicked in. It's the same in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I know that your background now, then I have the name of your ministry in acronyms, but what is the, I saw two different ministries on your website. There's EMC and then ESYF, so just real quick. EMC is really the name of the corporation, but okay. the name of the church is ESYF, gotcha. which stands for Holy Spirit and Fire. Wow. In Spanish, it would be Espíritu Santo y Fuego, which translates into Holy Spirit and Fire. Matthew 3.11. Mm-hmm. Yes. Matthew 3.11. Yes. The Pentecostals will love this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Yes. So. Um, we, uh, I, I've read on your website, and we'll put a link in it for everyone to be able to go and check it out, okay. uh, that you talked about you, uh, Pastor Eddie, at a certain age you moved with your family from Cuba, and it was because right. of political persecution. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, what, what was that situation like? Well, I left when I was nine. Mm-hmm. Just It was supposed to be my dad, my mom, and I, leaving my two brothers behind because mm-hmm. they were of military age at that point. And that age is 13, 13 mm-hmm. and above. Mm-hmm. So the three of us were supposed to migrate to the U.S., and my dad was told that he wasn't going to be able to fly to the U.S. with us, that he would be traveling on the following day. Mm-hmm. Turns out the following day he was picked up at home and sent to jail really? for 10 years. Wow. Sentenced to 10 years in jail. So my mom and I uh, went to New York. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up, in Long Island, New York, until 1983 that I moved to Miami, Florida. And what was your nickname? <laughs> Ricky, because the only Cuban anyone knew in Long Island, New oh. York, was Ricky from I Love Lucy. Oh my! So, Ricky Ricardo. My <laughs> middle name happens to be Richard. Okay. So oh, it's easy for them. Well, that's way better. If your middle name's Richard, that's less. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. If I ever go back, I'm known as Ricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was about to say, I was like, that's offensive. And he said, my middle name's Richard. I was like, oh, okay, that's better. I get you. That makes yeah. sense. They had something to pin it on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, and I, I'll bet you also, P- Pastor Marcia, you also moved, but at a much earlier age. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what age were you? Actually, you I was 12 no. years old. Yeah. 12. But I oh, have, you were 12, so it was like. I, yeah. I was, I'm not older than he is. <laughs> Let's go back for a moment. Okay. He was nine, uh-huh. I, was I was 12, was 12. but I'm younger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> I always need to clarify that. Yes. Uh, but I stayed, my family has been in Miami. 
Okay. Ever since. We never okay. moved to any other state. I see. I see. So. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I was, now I'm just trying to figure out, because this is the first time we've had a couple on here. I'm sure they're, they've got a great dynamic, so they'll, they'll jump back and forth. I'm just having to put the questions together in my head. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, just between the two of you, was your background in the church, were, were you, was your family a part of the church while they were in Cuba? Or did they join the church in Miami? Was it a spirit-filled church up front? Or was that something that developed later? In, in my case, I had no church background at all mm -hmm. growing up as a child in New York. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I moved to Miami uh, when I went through very trying circumstances that I started seeking. Um, I started going to a Catholic church mm -hmm. in Miami for about a year and asking many, many questions that I never got answers to, mm -hmm. even from the priest that I would ask uh, for meetings really? with. Um, Are they personal questions? It were, uh, biblical questions, oh, biblical. things I was reading in the Bible that mm -hmm. he was uh, rebuttaling constantly, and he had really no, back, no, yeah. no support for, for his rebuttal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ended up realizing that it was really not for me and started attending a, a Baptist church for five mm -hmm. years in Miami. Um, and after that, after a very trying situation there that the pastor went through, um, I started attending a, a spirit-filled church mm -hmm. for the first time in my life. I was a little bit freaked out, to be honest, at first. <laughs> I was literally about to Coming say. Coming from a Baptist church for five years. Yeah, it's like, so you get a Catholic, then yes. you go to Baptist, like, yeah. man, these people are really freed up in here. <laughs> and then you go to the Pentecostals, they've lost like, their mind. what's yes. happening here? That's what I thought when I started attending yeah. church, because yeah. I also uh, grew up without the Lord in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I came to the Lord after a disastrous situation uh, that occurred to me, and um when I walked in, I never went to a Baptist church. I went to a spirit-filled church. And I remember looking around and saying, these people are crazy. Mm -hmm. Why are they singing all the time? Why are they lifting their hands? It's Why are they always happy? I would ask myself. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they always smiling? Yeah. <laughs> Can this be true? Can this be for real? <laughs> Is this a cult? People ask that because cults got like the fake happiness. Yeah. Yes. yeah, but then you get to know them and you're like, yeah. oh, wow, yeah. this is actually legitimate happiness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it was quite a, uh, an experience for mm -hmm. me to walk into that type of uh, environment. But um, I remember the day that I came to the Lord. I went up to the altar, and my life has never been the same. Mm. It's, it's been amazing, to say the least. Yeah. 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 It's been, there are no words to describe the, the transformation that takes place in your mm -hmm. life once you truly surrender your heart to, to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So many things that you let go of. So many things that no one has to even tell you. But don't please the Lord, mm -hmm. and you know you have to do it just out of love for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, a, it, was a, it was a radical change for me. Mm -hmm. It really was. Mm -hmm. now, I know that not, not everybody goes through the same type of uh, transition or, or transformation. For me, it was. I remember uh, burning. Oh, I didn't have, there were no CDs yet. Mm. So I'm, I'm dating myself <laughs> now. Um, there's no CDs now anymore. I don't even know, but I'm sure people don't even use CDs anymore. But back then, I had the albums. I destroyed you know? the thing that music was recorded on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep it, keep it ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I, I remember burning all my albums and everything, or throwing them away because I knew it was no good for me. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to heavy metal before mm -hmm. before I gave my life to the Lord. So I did not know that was good for me. It was, it was a mm -hmm. radical change. I lost all my friends. In fact, oh. I lost some of the family mm -hmm. uh, that they thought that I had joined a cult. Really? Because I had, there had been such a radical change in me. <clears throat> wow. So that's, that, this is very interesting to me. And I, I don't, I'm not going to say that your experience is, is typical or not. I, I don't know. But something that I do know just because of the spread of Pentecostalism, 
I went to university that was a part of the Church of God. I also grew mm-hmm. up some of the Assemblies of God, like the two major American in the United States right. Pentecostal denominations that have spread. And I do know that out in, uh, in Africa and in South America, if you're evangelical, you're spirit-filled. It yeah. just That's generally the rule right. because uh, once people go out into the mission field, you need the power of God that's to right. face yes. the kind of problems, real yes. problems, demonic exactly. powers, right. um, and desperate situations. Yes. Uh, with that, it's amazing how much within South America, within uh, the, the islands, the, the Caribbean islands, yes. within the, the Latin cultures, mm-hmm. that... Pentecostalism and spiritual Christianity has spread almost complete, not, not at this point, not, not overtaking, but it's become such a contender to Catholicism. Oh, yes. And uh, the, the questions that sociologists and professors, just secular people, they look at it and they're baffled because they're like, why is this spreading? replacing another form of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your answer to, okay, this is the reason that people are responding so, so strongly I think what happens is that you're no longer in touch with religion, Mm -hmm. experiencing religion. Now you're in touch with God, Mm -hmm. experiencing the presence of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. that is, you can't compare him to anything you've ever known before. So it's a drastic change. I think that's what happened to you also, that you transitioned from nothing to Catholicism to then the Baptist church where you've you've got doctrine. where You gave me a foundation, yes. You had a foundation, but then you come to meet face-to-face, so to speak. Experiencing the presence, presence of the holy spirit and mm-hmm. that's it there's you've hit the point of no return at that, exactly. point, at that point you <laughs> yeah know? that's a good way to put it wow point of no return because <laughs> yeah. once you taste of his presence of his love although you can't touch him you know he's there for you mm-hmm. and you never felt that before or experienced it before mm-hmm. you never want to go back no mm-hmm. you never want to go back no because he fills that void mm-hmm. that was there all along once you've tasted the living water yeah. Nothing else <laughs> will ever quench your thirst, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely, so. absolutely. And the presence, that's why people are so happy, is the presence yeah. of God, yeah. the presence yeah. of God in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> they, feel, they feel the Lord's love exactly. and his goodness yeah. and that he is real, yeah. that he is real and present in the yeah. time of need. Yeah. Um, and when you mention something, you mention how uh, to know the Lord. J- in Job, <laughs> Job's always frustrating for me to read. It's always frustrating for anybody to read, yeah. I think, yeah. because mm-hmm. it makes you grapple with the hardest things when it's righteous rough. people go through hardship. Yeah. Uh, and, but at the end of Job, he said, everybody reads Job and asks, what's the answer? Why is it, what's, what's the situation? At the end of Job, he said something very interesting to the Lord because he's arguing with all these people, you know, his friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is the reason you're going through this. That's the reason. But at, he keeps on, Job repeats over and over again, I wish I could just talk to God face to face. I wish I could see him for myself. Yes. And <laughs> at the end of it, God comes down and you know he, he tells him basically, uh, he kind of tells him off a little bit. But even then, because Job had all these questions like, why is this unjust and why is that unjust? Mm-hmm. And God says, well, uh, I created all things. So, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's just and I'm the one who can understand this. You can't understand it. Right. But then Job says, uh, I have seen you. So now I'm satisfied. Oh I, lo- I love that verse. I love <laughs> that verse. That's just amazing. Oh, man. You know how many times I, I use that verse at uh, funeral services, at really? eulogies? Really? Yes, because I remind people that their loved one mm-hmm. that has gone to be with the Lord in heaven has seen God already. And I remind them of what Job said. Oh. I love that verse. <laughs> yes. At ISO, we always strive to provide discounts and incentives for our students. 
Now, we're thrilled to announce our best value ever, the ISO All Access Pass. For just $99 per month, any student can access our entire learning platform. An ever-expanding library of fascinating, groundbreaking teaching at your fingertips for the average price of just one ISO course. There has never been such a prime opportunity to pursue your biblical education. Students in many traditional schools pay $100 to learn every day for every single course. With the All Access Pass, that amount gives you access to our entire course catalog. At ISO, you can learn from world-class teachers on a wide variety of subjects, all at your own pace. With the subscription-based model of the All Access Pass, there are no obligations to put yourself in debt for decades. If you're hungry to learn about the Word, there's never been a better value. That's countless hours of teaching and materials with no limit on how much you can learn. Now, more than ever, ISO is excited to connect the Word with the world. Go to isow.org to get started with the All Access Pass today. Everybody's got questions until they see the Lord face to face. That's yeah. it. Everything yeah. vanishes, yeah. and all you have is Him. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. What I take away from Job also, uh, whenever I read it, is that um, we have no right to question anything. Mm -hmm. He's the one that knows it all. And there are many things we may never have an answer to until we get to heaven. Yeah. I was actually um, <clears throat> ministering to our congregation last week. Um, you know, we prayed that the hurricane would not touch Florida. Mm -hmm. And, and um, we prayed, we came into an agreement, and mm -hmm. we all expected the hurricane to keep on going and not touch Florida. And the complete opposite is what happened. Yeah. And I remember the Lord speaking to my heart and saying, you need to clarify why it may seem like I don't answer prayers or that mm. I'm not there. And the, the, the topic at hand is God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. We are not, um, you know, we're not going to be able to understand everything that goes on here. Yeah. Why the righteous mm -hmm. suffer, why the righteous go through hardship. Yeah. Um, that's not for us to understand right now. We are to trust mm -hmm. in his goodness his right. goodwill for us, that his, his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are mm -hmm. higher than our thoughts. And that should be comforting enough for mm -hmm. us to say, well, I guess I'm going to have to wait until I see him face mm -hmm. to face. And then at that point, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in That's front right. of the Lord and nothing else matters. <laughs> yeah, because many times I make a mental list of things I'm going to ask, and then at the end of my list I'm like, I don't think I'm going to really ask anything. I'm not going to need an answer. <laughs> it's all going to be there anyway. Yeah. At that point, I just want to be with him. Honestly, you know? after speaking or seeing the Lord, I want to have a talk with Adam and Eve. Uh -huh. That's a personal <laughs> request. Like, you have a question for Jesus? No. <laughs> no. I, I have questions. I want to see Adam. I Adam and Eve, and then I could see the rest of heaven. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> Give a piece of my mind. There's just a line in front of Adam and Eve. I have things that I need to talk to them about. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think about... Um, when people are struggling with things, it's uh, <laughs> when you read Psalms. Sometimes you're like, "Was David bipolar?" <laughs> I thought I of those things because <laughs> he swings. Like, what's I up know. with this guy? But um, when people, I, I think that the Psalms is is just me saying this. I think that the Psalms are written in moments of his life where he's going through some serious stuff, oh, and yeah. he's overwhelmed emotionally by very big battles right. and in the middle of the situation <laughs> it is crazy he you see the change when the presence of god comes on him yeah. 
Yes. Because when he feels the Lord's presence, then the faith begins to rise that this is going to be okay. And he remembers everything the Lord's done. Everything the, yes. I feel the Lord. Everything yes. the Lord's <laughs> delivered him from. Yes. And then he ends it and says, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. I trust in you. You yes. know, I think we all have the capability of writing a book. Mm-hmm. Every single human being. We all go through a lot of different things, difficult, painful things. But when we have him, Mm-hmm. Our hope is in him, you yes. know, and this is why learning the word is so important mm-hmm. from a biblical perspective and not necessarily from someone else's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing him and understanding that, okay, I'm going through something difficult. I don't understand it. But at the same time, when you have enough word in your heart, you know that he is not to blame for what's Mm -hmm. happening, for what's manifesting in your life. He is here to help you, to embrace you, and to walk walk whatever it is you're going through, to walk it out with you. And to me, that's everything. Mm. That's everything. Yes, we're going to go through difficulties. Yes, we're going to face giants. (laughs) Yes, we're going to do, we're going to have to go through things that are not uh, pretty, but he's with me. Mm-hmm. And what else? Nothing tops that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's as good as it's going to get. The Lord is with us. And I have to trust in his sovereignty. And right. I have to trust that at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he has my best interest at heart. Hallelujah. Wow. Amen. Right? Yes, definitely. We've seen that's... it. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. in the ministry. <clears throat> ministry, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. And you, and you encounter a lot of different things, you know, and you have to help other people mm-hmm. walk out their transitions. Uh, and it's so good to know that he is always there. Hallelujah. That yes. he guides Man. you. Well, we never promised that we wouldn't go through those trials. He promised mm-hmm. he'd be with us. And that's what we have to yeah. make sure we don't lose sight of, the fact that he is with us. Amen. Mm-hmm. He promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. And when we go through these trials, we just have to see that he's holding our hand that he's carrying us when we can't walk anymore, mm-hmm. that he's speaking into our hearts when we have no one else to speak to, mm-hmm. that he's giving us answers that we may not understand, mm-hmm. but it's that peace that, that surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. It's when he says, okay, I'm here. You're not alone, and you're going to make it, mm-hmm. and I'm not done with you yet. Still <laughs> writing. The next, there's going to be a next chapter, and I've written the last chapter, and it's got a, <laughs> and it's got a good ending, <laughs> and I'm going to get there. That's how I see it all the time, because we yeah. all, like, like she said, we all go through trials. And not, all, not everybody goes through the same things, but we all have trials mm. and situations we have to deal with. You know, being pastors, it's not easy because it pains you to see people going through the things they go through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. as a pastor, uh, there's no other way that you can do this. It's got, you have to feel for what they're going through mm. in order to even pray effectively and to show them that you love them as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy, but he gives you the strength and, and the knowledge and the power to, to be able Man. to be a blessing to them, even when you yourself are going through your own trials mm-hmm. and, and tribulations. Because, um, you know, I have found myself not recently, but many years ago, praying for, for situations or needs that people had. It was the same need that I had. Mm-hmm. And I know that I, that I found myself at times saying, why am I even praying for this? I'm lacking the same thing they're lacking. <laughs> for example, you know, I was having problems with my finances. Yeah. You know, and somebody came to me and said that they had to declare bankruptcy. They lost their home, lost their car, whatever. And I'm, I'm looking at my checking account and it was practically negative mm-hmm. at that point, you know, I'm, but I'm still praying yeah. for this financial blessing over them. And I strongly believe that every time the Lord sees that, you put your need aside and, and you make the need of someone else more important, mm. he's going to supply your needs. Yeah. That's when the supply really comes through. 
It's a bit my father-in-law. He, he talks to me about things. He says, you, he'll tell me, all right, you need to do this. You need to do that. When it comes to, this is the way the Lord responds to people. He'll talk to me. He said, I've, I found out something about the Lord. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he said, you know, when you, if you have something that you need or you're wanting or you're looking at it, you're like, oh, I'm interested in that. Don't think about yourself first. He says, if you actually pray to the Lord and pray for others that have that need, mm-hmm. there's way more chance that there's a way higher probability yes. the Lord will attend to what you're asking for. That's right. If you're thinking about others, like don't even worry about yourself. Yes. So that is that's so a true. difficult yeah. exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But, but it works. It really does yeah. work. But I think the more you walk with Him, you know, if you if you make room for the Lord, I, I think this is something our society is battling with. There's so much. Mm-hmm to do. Yeah. So many things that come to hinder uh, giving time and your attention to the Lord. Um, there's, there's, you know, social media, the mm-hmm. phones, this and that and the other. But if Too you many make, demands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you make time, if you make room, you may have to push some things out of the way. Uh, if you make room for Him, uh, your life is going to be transformed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whether you are asking for it or not, it just yeah. happens. I've got a question. My spirit's been rolling around the last few minutes, but um, what do you, <laughs> and this is a big question, and I can hone it in and ask it another way if you need me to. What do you think's going on in the United States right now? It's just this, the, the, the social situation. There's a breakdown in the family. People don't know whether they're male or female. People have, I mean, it's compared to 10 years ago, it's insane. Yes, it so is. So what, what, I know the Lord's the answer, but uh, what's going on? I think it's insane, scary, and exciting at the same time mm-hmm. because we are seeing Matthew 24 unravel mm-hmm. right before oh, our yes. eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think, hmm, how am I going to respond to this? We, America has walked away from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And the remnant is still tending to the preaching of the gospel, mm-hmm. the missions, but the, I think that a good majority of the people have walked away from God. Even within the Christian arena, there's a lot of leaders, worship leaders that are coming out and saying, I no longer believe in Jesus Mm. Christ. After you've been uh, involved with the Lord for Mm -hmm. 15, 20 years, how do you, I don't understand how that Mm -hmm. develops in a person that have tasted the Lord's goodness. Mm-hmm. You've, yeah. you've talked about, we've talked, talked about, about that, that actually. Yeah. And, and, and I think I've come to the realization that many of these people that I see or I hear now saying they no longer believe that Jesus is the Son of God, for mm-hmm. example. And there were mm-hmm. worship leaders or pastors prior to that. Mm-hmm. I believe they were naturally saved. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I believe that a person can lose his or her salvation. Um, but I think that once you've tasted, like you just said, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. You've tasted of, of the love of Christ the knowledge of what he's done for you, how can mm. you possibly walk away from it? No matter what happens, yeah. it's impossible. Do it's you th- impossible to walk away from it. Do you think they had a calling to ministry, but they never cultivated a relationship with God? It had to be that. Oh. It had to be that. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember as a teenager, I always, since I was very young, felt calling to ministry. But uh, I remember as a teenager, 13 actually, reading in Matthew where Jesus talks about at the end when mm. people will stand before him. And they'll say, he'll say, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know you. But they'll say, well, Lord, wait a minute. We, we casted out demons in your name. We prophesied. Yeah, we did right. many mighty works. So these are things God need, they needed God's help to do. Mm-hmm. They couldn't yeah. have just, I did, they didn't teach a course. or right. they, were, they weren't doing things that yeah. a human being could accomplish. Of course, of course. But God was using that ministry. Mm-hmm. But they said, uh, no, I don't know you. I, don't, yeah. I never knew you, in fact. But you know what it really meant by that? Because people <clears throat> got up in the Hebrew, and then he never had intimacy. 
with us. Mm-hmm. Or we never had intimacy with him. Because mm-hmm. of course he knew us, he created us. Yeah. So when you read that word in English, I never knew you, kind of loses the real meaning mm-hmm. of the word. He's saying you never had intimacy with me. Wow. You were never really one with me. Mm-hmm. And you can only get to that point in your life if you spend time with him, if you seek him. How do you, uh, I, I've heard a lot of people in the last five years in the spiritual church, like they've said, the Lord's trying to say something to the American church right now, that ministry has become an idol, that ministry has itself become something separate from the Lord. How do you, this is a question for me even, I want, I want to know this, someone, uh, people who've experienced how a walk with the Lord and yet walking in ministry, really taking care of people's needs, loving people, how do you keep that balance of intimacy with the Lord when you also have people drawing from yeah. you constantly. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Not easy at all. It's something that, that we ministers have to battle with all the time because um, people are always going to want your time mm-hmm. and they're not going to ever think that you need time yourself to spend mm-hmm. time with God in order to give them what they need from God. Uh, so it's something you have to battle with, um, fight against your own flesh, your own <laughs> mind, because mm-hmm. if you are the type of person that likes to meet everybody's needs or comply with all that you have on your agenda for that day, uh, it's a battle. It's, it's a constant mm-hmm. battle to say, okay, what's more important for me? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not, I'm not good to anyone unless I spend time with God. You know, I was reading an article that said that most pastors in the U.S. don't even touch their Bible uh, any more than once a week mm-hmm. to prepare their sermon mm-hmm. for Sunday. So they're but not I, spending time. I think time. also... It's a dangerous thing. Ministry could be a dangerous thing, and I'll tell you why. If you don't, st- if you don't spend time with the Lord, ministry will turn into something that's for you. Mm. You lose sight of what it's required and what, right. is, what ministry is for. Ministry is for other people. But I think a lot of people fall in the trap of me. Mm-hmm. I want to be famous. I want to be a... Uh, prophet, I want to have a name, uh, you know, that people know. I want to be, I have a lot of uh, friends on social media. You know, ministry turns into mm-hmm. me, myself, and I, and it's it's very dangerous. And, and this is something, uh, Matthew, that I personally, and I've shared this with him, I meditate about this mm-hmm. a lot. What I'm doing, is it for me? Is it because I want people to say, oh, she's so anointed? Mm-hmm. Is it because I want to shine or am mm-hmm. I doing it for the Lord? If I'm doing it for the Lord, then I have to die to my flesh and my need of recognition, mm-hmm. my need of the applause, maybe. You know, it's, it's, or the likes on social media. Mm-hmm. You know? It has to be something you're doing because it's for him, mm-hmm. not necessarily for us. We need to be taken out of the equation. Yeah. And it's, 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 you're fighting against, like Paul said, hey, I'm doing things that I really don't want to do, but my flesh is like, mm-hmm. it has a mind of its own and yeah. it's leading me in a different direction. I think ministers fight with that or mm-hmm. should fight against that, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also live in a world where everything has to look perfect and beautiful. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sees uh, people that are out on social media that look like they're perfectly made, mm-hmm. right? 
Uh, you don't see anyone that's extremely overweight or very mm-hmm. old or ugly. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Everybody's beautiful. <laughs> <out there. laughs> and I think that people suffer with that because they try to compare themselves and they can't. Yeah. It's and, impossible. And they're like, I, I heard somebody say, you know, when you look at Instagram, that is a moment in time with the perfect angle, the perfect lighting. Oh, of course, with filters. Yeah, and filters. <laughs> filters. make you look even younger. <laughs> and it, it does not reflect that person's life at all. And it says people no. that spend more time trying to create these moments for everyone else to see have a more miserable life yeah, because really. they don't focus on the quality in their own household and their family and their own exactly. life. And exactly. you're under a lot of pressure all the mm-hmm. time because yeah. you need to maintain an image. Yeah. Yes. And that's not the real you. 